Welcome back to the CFL Podcast. Brandon Ng and Connor Cragen back at you for episode 14. It's week 14 and the playoff race has officially commenced. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving holiday and you survived that storm. Blizzard, I guess you could call it. Could call it a blizzard, that is for sure. Um, I think down here in Pennsylvania, we missed we missed the brunt of it. It was pretty lame, uh, but I saw all the pictures from from uh, Colony, and it was what did you guys get? Like eighteen inches up there, or something crazy? Well, here in Binghamton, I got at least I got at least uh, a foot, probably close to a foot and a half, eighteen inches. Yeah, so maybe twenty four inches back at home. Yeah, they probably had more. What did you uh, do on the holiday? Did you have a good holiday? Yeah, it was it was good. Went back home, saw the family. Yep, did the same thing. Yeah. Did some uh, did some Black Friday shopping, so that was fun. Very nice, very nice. But um, yeah, so it's playoff time, and we got it's it's a it's a rowdy one this year. Yeah, I would say definitely one of the more compelling playoff pictures that we've had in quite some time. I think we have uh, two two new playoff participants in the kids and That's, the sharks that is true yep so congrats to andrew and john yeah congrats john breaking that five-year drought he's had five years it's been a long time i wish i could join him he's he was usually in the in the dumps with me but he's managed to break free that's great to hear let's get to a lot of current events we got um, let's start it off with Eli Manning. Daniel Jones is injured, and Eli Manning is back in the saddle. Back in the saddle, and not only that, he has a prime matchup this week on Monday Night Football against the Eagles. I mean, it seems like it's a great, great matchup statistically. Bryce has picked him up. I mean, what does that say about that? I mean, I think it's more of a, a desperation play than than anything else. Um, Bryce has been very strapped for quarterbacks. He's been rolling with Phillip Rivers. Uh, and Foles slash Minshew yeah, yeah, for that. Dalton and Foles Minshew. Not even a, not really any top ten guys. But, you know, it's a good it's a good pickup, and we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the waivers. But, yeah, I think it's a good play this week for sure against the Eagles. Certainly the, the storyline for, for the CFL playoffs. Everything else kind of somewhat irrelevant, but James Conner is out for week 14 with his shoulder injury that he sustained in week 11. So that means Benny Snell will will be the starter for this week. He's on your team, so CFL irrelevant, I guess. I'm over it. Swipe right. I'm done with this man. He's dead to me. You mean swipe uh, left, right? Whatever. Swipe left. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know how a snap face works. Yeah. Um, okay, boomer. But uh, yeah, no, I he's on my bench. I'm not starting him. He's gonna force me to start David Johnson, which I'm super bitter about. But not yeah. that my matchup really. I mean, yeah, like you said, I'm eliminated, so it doesn't really matter at this point anyway. Question here: Should they rest them for the NFL playoffs? Well, they they need to win games, though, right? Yeah, right now they're currently the sixth seed, and they have a few teams on their tail, uh, mainly the Colts and the Raiders. I mean, I think they just need to take it week by week. I, I think they they need to win their game this week um, against the Cardinals. That They need to win that game for sure. And if, as you said, they've got the Ravens on tap and the Colts, those are two kind of difficult matchups. So I think they just need to take it week by week. I would say 
this week specifically, if Connor is hamstrung, that they might need to be more cautious, but maybe try to rest him for that Ravens game. In week 17? Yeah. Well, at least that won't be a problem for us. Nope. All right. So Dalvin Cook is also dealing with an injury. Um, it was initially diagnosed as a shoulder injury, but since then has been has moved down and isolated as a chest injury. And he claims, I'll be out there Sunday. What do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, Madison, Alexander Madison, should have been picked up in all leagues. Um, I think you had picked him up before this happened, so you've got him on your bench. But if he says he's going to be out there, then... I mean, barring the medical team just coming in and overruling him, um, you know, I could definitely see it being a committee this weekend, which, I mean, Austin owning Cook, again, he's also eliminated, so it doesn't really matter too much, but could definitely see a decrease in value for Cook, uh, at least in the very short term, for sure. Yeah, I, I would expect his workload to decrease if he does play because it's a it's it's a it's it's an injury that is... It matters, and I mean, barring anything crazy in the NFL, the Vikings will be a wild card team, succeed most likely. So, yeah, I could see this—you know—them taking it easy with him, with only a few games until playoffs, and they play the Lions, so a game they're expected to win easily, they might sit him. Yep, and the next piece of news we have here is. Greg Olson still being in concussion protocol, and he's going to be out this week. And, uh, you know, another tight end, we have David Njoku, is going to be activated off of injured reserve and is playing. So what do you think of these two scenarios? Well, I mean, uh, this directly affects the Sharks. They own Greg Olson, and they they recently had Njoku, and I believe they dropped him to pick up Jack Doyle. So... He could always go back for him and, and try to play in Joku, especially if uh, Odell is unlikely to play, if that is the case. Yeah, that's a good point, knowing you know the other pieces on the Browns roster. John currently has Jack Doyle in the lineup, and he has Greg Olson on his bench. Uh, he's out, so I guess, you know, John, you could put him over on your IR, but he hasn't done that yet. Uh, but you're right, he needs to be careful about which tight ends he picks up and, you know, could be, uh, could win or lose him the week based on his choice. Yeah, certainly. These, these playoff matches are, they're really tight and basically a coin flip. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about the matchups in a little bit later. But next we have more news. Josh Jacobs having a shoulder injury, and apparently he's had this injury for quite some time, and now he's questionable for week 14. So this is a you know a very significant impact on the Bears, our Bears roster, with Brandon now starting, uh, you know Freeman and Mixon over Jacobs, who he has on the bench, with you know Montgomery having played last night in the flex spot. Yeah, it's something he's said he's been dealing with since week seven. So nearly two months later, still an issue for him. I'm not sure why it's just surfacing now. Um, but he is questionable, and Brandon Taylor is, he does have him on the bench at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would be concerned as a as a Jacobs owner. Absolutely. And, again, that could be something that could turn the tide of the other matchup, which we'll get into. Um, and two more pieces of news. I mean, we, we mentioned Odell dealing with this groin injury. Uh, you know, I would say he's 
he's been limited in practice this whole week. Good chance he doesn't play. And, uh, you know, John is facing starting Mikol Hardman if Odell happens to miss this game. Yeah, I mean, on paper that sounds like a bad drop-off, but is it? I mean, with Pat Mahomes uh, throwing to Hardman and Odell not being himself with Baker, I I don't see this as a big issue. I mean, I do for this week because the Chiefs are playing the Pats and, you know, very strong defense, as we know, and the Browns are playing the Bengals. So, theoretically, this would be a prime week for Odell to catch, you know, one, two touchdowns, go plus 15 points. And I just don't see Hardman having a good day against the Pats. But, you know, obviously that could uh, end up, you know, resulting differently. But I just think the the matchup scenarios are, that's where the drop, the real drop-off is here. I, w- I would agree with that point. But I think, I guess Gallup having played, that kind of hurts John and his ability to switch in a wide receiver. But, yeah. So something he'll have to monitor. Do you think John should have put in Gallup last night knowing that Odell was questionable? Because then he would have had to, he would have had to bench if Odell played. He'd really be choosing between like Odell and Diggs to keep on the lineup, or he could have played. Uh, he could have played Gallup and then, you know, decided to bench Drake perhaps. I probably would go with the that route, benching Drake. I mean the. Uh, the Cardinals play Pittsburgh, so and he has them as a defense. Yep. I probably would have gone with that route and started my Thursday night player. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if that comes back to to bite the Sharks uh, in this this week. But very intriguing for sure. And the last piece of news we have is Le'Veon Bell is actually sick this week and he might sit out. Now the kids are on bye, so this doesn't directly affect them this week, but. Uh, you know, for any other teams in the playoffs, is is a guy like Bilal Powell worth picking up and streaming this week? I don't think so, honestly. I know it's the Miami Dolphins, but they've been good defensively of late, and they've been winning games, and the Jets just seem like inconsistent train wreck. Like, they can beat the Cowboys, and they can beat other good teams, and then they lose to bad teams. I I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of trust in the Jets from, fa- from a fantasy perspective. The only teams I could really think of to consider would be the Bears uh, playing someone like Bilal Powell over Devontae Freeman or the um, the Blizzard playing someone like that over Sonny Michelle, who really hasn't been that productive. But I see I don't see the Blizzard doing that. I would think it would be more likely for the Bears to consider something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what they've been doing all season to, to get these wins. And Freeman has not been good, so yeah, that that is a possibility. Right. So uh, that's all the current news. Let's move on to the waivers this week. Not too many. Prime, uh, predominantly, we had the first waiver being the Sharks picking up Fitzmagic, who was just dropped by the Bears. So this was this caused a lot of league discussion and, and intrigue amongst all the managers to why uh, the Bears would have dropped Fitzmagic, but now he's on the Sharks, and you know, as of right now, John is n- not playing the Sharks this week, so it could be more of a an insurance slash long term play going forward. Yeah, it's he is a Dolphins fan, um, but I also see this as just keeping 
Fitzpatrick away from the other playoff opponents, especially Bryce in in QB troubles. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he dropped Derek Carr. I think that's fine. Someone else could go for Derek Carr. We'll see if anyone does that. Yeah, again, I'm thinking about you know these other teams in the playoffs. I don't know if anyone would really go for Carr. Um, you know, I guess the Blizzard could with Stafford. Um, well, I guess Stafford's really technically questionable now, so he really can't pick up a third quarterback unless he wants to drop Stafford. But, yeah, I don't really see many other teams picking up a guy. I mean, I guess the Bears could play him over uh, Kyle Allen. I guess that would really be the only thing. In NLS, if they really wanted to take a gamble and, you know, uh, bench Rivers or Manning. Yeah, I mean, I think Eli's matchup is too good to uh, bench this week. I mean, you don't pick him up without the intention of starting him, I guess. But uh, Rivers plays the Jags, so who knows with that matchup for sure. And then the other waivers were defenses. The Colts' defense was picked up by the Kids, and the Packers' defense by NLS. Kids not starting Colts this week. Not necessary. It's on, they're on by, but NLS starting the Packers. Yeah, it's a very good ma- it's a very good pickup by NLS in my opinion. They play uh, Dwayne Haskins, who's probably going to be pretty prone to turnovers, and you know they've generally been rolling with the Panthers' defense, but they play Atlanta this week, and I think Bryce is onto something. I, I think the the Falcons have been kind of surprising and popping off lately and you know especially with uh, the firing of the Panthers coach that adds a lot of uncertainty to the outlook of the Panthers overall so I think as a Panthers defense owner you are a little bit concerned and I think Bryce made the right choice by picking up the Packers yeah yeah Matt Ryan they're not getting as many win or they they played the Saints and they you know, they, the score made it look competitive, but it's just junk time. Regardless, defense does not like yardage and touchdowns against them. So this is good. Right. For fantasy, it doesn't matter if it's garbage time or not. Yep. So Packers is a fine play. Um, as far as Andrew goes, we can look at the Colts' schedule. And, I mean, they play Tampa Bay this week. But New Orleans and Carolina, 15-16. What do you think of that? New Orleans and Carolina, you said? Yep. Um, I don't really like the New Orleans matchup. Maybe he's stretching for that Panthers matchup for the championship. It's intriguing. I'd be curious to hear Andrew's thoughts on this, but I think on paper this isn't really a great scenario. I mean, if you look at the Colts' record, like scores this year, they have a pretty high floor. They've been averaging about eight points. No negatives. Right, and they haven't really deviated too much from that eight points besides a few matchups here with like the Texans, the Raiders, the Chargers. So they do have a high floor, but I don't really like, I think you're right. I don't really like a lot of these, uh, these matchups coming up. Yeah. Um, maybe a game, a keep away. I'm not sure though. And the Eagles play, you know, the other defense he has, they play the Giants this week. They play the Redskins next week and then they play the Cowboys. So, you know, my real hunch here is that maybe Andrew's looking at that week 16 against the Cowboys, and he's saying, I need to get a better defense for week 16 if I make the championship. So I think he's trying to be a little proactive. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, potentially starting the Eagles against Washington in week 15. Yeah, no, I think the Eagles are a good play week 15. Um, But, you know, on that note, I don't know if the Colts against the Panthers week 16 is, like, necessarily the best. 
I feel like there's got to be better options out there, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, two-week, looking forward two weeks, so. He has time to change it. I guess that's fine. And then we have we had some more waivers here by not guilty. Um, I don't even know if these are worth. Why? <laughs> Duke Johnson and the Titans defense. He's eliminated, so we'll just we'll just pass on talking about those. Yeah, he just picked up guys that <laughs> he dropped multiple times before. Maybe it's for pride. Sure, we'll say. I that. don't know. Let's go with that. So games of the week. Who did you pick? You know, I picked a, uh, a match that is kind of irrelevant to the NFL playoffs, but pretty critical for our playoffs Panthers versus the Falcons and that's going to be heavily important for the Bears and NLS Bears are starting Kyle Allen and Devontae Freeman with NLS starting their star stud McCaffrey so this could be a shootout with uh, pretty mediocre defenses yeah I like that pick um, especially with Kyle Allen Devontae Freeman and, and McCaffrey all starting in that game so it is it is intriguing for that matchup. Um, I've got kind of a similar rationale for my pick. I picked the Giants and the Eagles, and mostly because this is the Monday night closer, and we have three players in these two matchups that are playing. We have Alshon Jeffrey on the Bears. We have Eli Manning, as we discussed, on NLS. And we have Sterling Shepard on the Blizzard. So the whole CFL will be watching this Monday night matchup as these three players could decide the outcome of these two games so very exciting yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a a long monday night for some for these four teams yeah i expect it to be a sloppy game i expect it to be very emotionally taxing so (laughs) yeah we'll see what happens yeah especially for john who has to watch um i believe john's last player plays at a 4 p.m game on sunday wow so he's gotta he's gotta go a whole twenty four hours, and and do the answer. Bears have a, a, a Sunday night game too? Um, I think they or I mean the Blizzard. I mean, um, yeah, they do I, have a Sunday night game. Yeah, they have Shepard on Monday, and then Sunday night they have Gurley and Zerline. And Zerline, yeah. So John better hope to get out early. Yeah, he he's got a. How far do you think ahead he's got to be? Like forty, fifty, for those three players. Yeah. Who's it? Gurley, Shepard, and Zerline. I would, yeah, I think, I think forty to feel comfortable. Thirty-five minimum. Forty plus it, is safe. Yeah, if I'm up thirty, I'd be a little bit concerned. But if I'm up forty, I think I'd feel pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the power rankings. First time we're talking about eliminated teams. Not guilty at number ten. Nothing's changed so the- here. So the the story for not guilty has been the same the whole year, right? I mean, just too many pats, too many pats, and too many pats. A mediocre draft, yeah. So he takes Mahomes in, I think, the second round, third round, I believe, third round, and that's fine. I, you know, I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, he's the eighth ranked quarterback, averaging 21 points. I think really the only to, only way to justify that is if you had picked like a Lamar Jackson or something though, right? I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't think, I'm not going to blame him on this. He missed two games. Was it more like two and a, no, he finished that game out, right? Two and a half. I'm not sure. I think, he, yeah, it was maybe two. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't look at the rank so much, you know, in hindsight is 2020. So I don't, I don't blame him on that pick. Problem being Tom Brady in the fourth round. Yeah. And you know, Brady's, quietly been the 11th ranked quarterback but still way too high for a qb2 
His running backs have just been atrocious all year. And we knew we knew Chris that. Carson. Chris Carson's been good. Chris Carson's he's made he's made a comeback. Um, but James White at running back two, he's more of a flex play. And you know Duke Johnson, that's really what he's been rolling with, and it has not been pretty. His team has really just been Mahomes, Brady, Tyreek Hill, and whatever other receivers he can throw together, and you know half of them being Pats. So. And Juju has – he drafted Juju as his first rounder. He hasn't done basically anything this year. No. And, I mean, to be fair to Colin, he does have the, mo- the most points against. So he really took a beating this year, but he also has, like, the second or – I think the second least points for. Yeah, yeah. So, just, just in front of you. Yeah, exactly. And we'll, 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 we'll talk about my team next. But, uh, yeah, not, not, a good, not a pretty year for not guilty and – you know, my advice to Colin, don't go Pats heavy. It's not really that difficult to figure it out. Odds he drafts Lamar Jackson first round next year? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He could have the first overall pick. That would be silly. <laughs> you think he'd take, uh, I don't know who he would take. Better not be a quarterback first round. Anyway, speaking of the Beagles, Bethlehem's been, you know, has stayed at Rank nine, and that is where we shall finish. A very disappointing year for my squad. I, you know, kind of like Colin, I really never had running back production. David Johnson and Connor were probably some of my worst first and second round combinations. Worse than Reggie Bush? Uh, I mean, la- that year it was um, Pierre Thomas. I was my RB2, and I guess Reggie Bush is my RB1. I don't honestly remember how good or bad they were, but I, I remember, I think, I, I don't know. I think that was, I, I think that was Bush's first year as, I think, was it a lion? I thought yeah. Was, so. I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had Aaron Rodgers, but. I did. This is not a great running back duo. No. And my quarterbacks have actually been pretty solid. Josh Allen has made his way up into the top five. I'm very happy with my boy. Proud of my boy. Took him in, I think, the He's your QB three originally. Yeah, I think I took him. What round did I take? I took him in the eleventh round. So very, you know, very good late round pick for me. Uh, Cooper Cup is still a top ten receiver despite being kind of fluky this year. And Adam Thielen again has just he kind of has train wrecked this season by being out the last six to seven weeks. He hasn't played a game since week seven. Yeah, I also think Emmanuel Sanders getting traded from the Broncos to the Niners hurt his value a little bit. Um, I mean, he's still been okay on the Niners. I mean, certainly no really. consistency on a run heavy offense. Yeah, not really, actually. He only had the one good week against the Cardinals. Ever since then, he's been bef- below five points. So that wasn't great for me either. And, you know, Terry McLaurin, great potential, but ever since they benched Keenan or Keenum for Haskins, his production just tanked. So that was really frustrating, too. Yeah, and it sucks when you when you use your first waiver of the year and you really think it's going to be a, a great pickup. And it was at first. And it was. But you got to learn when to give up on something. You know, you can't this you can't ride that waiver into the ground. Well, the thing is, I really didn't have anyone else because I had Thielen out, so I, I really pretty much had to start him and just hope for the best. 
But, uh, yeah, no, this season has just been a lot of external factors out of my control. A lot of injuries, a lot of benchings by coaches. The cliff effect was real. Um, so very frustrating. Yeah, now you know how I feel on Vance Joseph. Yep. So the number eight spot was the Griffins. And what do we have to say about this team? A lot. They, they basically... I mean, we talked about this earlier, but they, they basically uh, traded themselves out of the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Probably the best running back duo would have been Cook and Jacobs. Yes. So to give up... Maybe maybe beyond uh, Zeke and... Possibly. Uh, and uh, Zeke and McCaffrey. Yes. Maybe, uh, maybe best tr- uh, running back trio. Because Eckler has dropped off. But yeah, to give up Jacobs for um, McCoy, when you say that out loud, it just doesn't sound good to me. Yeah, because Brissett has definitely regressed from that initial production he was getting. Yeah, and in a fantasy football league um, that's not dynasty or anything like that, I'm not, I'm not going to give away a star running back for an upgrade at QB. Right. Yeah, I mean... Taylor really traded away, or traded for, uh, traded away Brissett at just the right time at his peak value, and McCoy really was not consistent at all this whole year. Um, Kirk Cousins has been iffy, although he is the top ten. He is he does barely break the top ten in quarterbacks. Drew Brees getting hurt was a big you know a big buzz kill for the Griffins. Um, the receivers have been decent, but not great. So it's really just been a tough management year for the Griffins all around. Ian Adams had his turf toe for basically a month. Yep. So that was not good. And Watkins, aside from week one, that was that's gotta be demoralizing to have a guy like that for the for the year. Well, as you said, you know, you gotta know when to when to quit. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like the tail of the tape was for not guilty, too many pats for Beagles and the Griffins. It's really just been a lot of too many injuries and external factors just really hurting the teams. And then we get to this fourth team here, Game of Jones. And this is just a, a, a factor of not not starting the right guys week in, week out. Yeah, we after the draft, I honestly thought that this was the best team on paper. Yeah, I think we all did. I think many of us did. And to finish with a sub-500 record, that's just... Is that management or coaching? What is that? What's the difference? I mean, you look at this roster. You've got Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Melvin Gordon, John Brown, Matt Ryan. It's a good team. Seems like the GM did a good job and the coach didn't do anything. Yeah, I don't... Trading for Gordon was a good move, I'd say. He's been pretty productive the last few weeks. But he did bench Gordon in bad situations when, when he did right. go off. Right. So, yeah, you'd have to really look at that week by week to see what where the mistakes were. But um, And obviously every manager is going to have, you know, the benching mistakes. But, yeah, it's, I mean. I mean, how do you explain really, the 52-point week? Yeah, this four-game losing streak near the end of the season really started with him playing my team, and he had Jared Goff on bye, and instead of picking up or trading away a quarterback, he chooses to ride with one quarterback 
and start you know you know being that being Mason Rudolph and his roster combined for 50 points so that was really he went from 170 points the week before to 50 that was really how fluky the scores of the of this roster was throughout the whole year yeah that 170 point week Aaron Jones had 35 and Tevin Coleman had 35 yep so I guess it just shows you touchdowns matter and he got no touchdowns that 50 point week yeah, this team was very touchdown dependent mm-hmm. across the board, except for maybe John Brown. He had a pretty consistent high floor. Yeah. Overall, I don't really know what to say. It was a pretty decently drafted team. Maybe it was uh, a case of karma. Karma was a Mitch. Mm-hmm. So that kind of rounds out the top four. Or the bottom four. The bottom four who teams. missed the playoffs. And each of these teams, I believe, is going to have an 18% chance at the number one pick next year yep we're doing equal odds for the bottom team so yeah hopefully they get the first pick if they want it but let's talk about the six playoff teams yeah so you know the rankings are pretty tight here obviously all these teams are contenders now legit contenders there's no um, you know doubting or uncertainty anymore these teams six teams are all in it Uh, and we have to put but we put the bears here at six just because they, you know, they are worst the record. Yeah, six seed, worst record. Jacobs getting a little bit banged up here. And we'll see if they can prove it this week against uh, the NLS. Yeah, and um, let's just start off by saying this team was one and six after after week seven. And now they're seven and six. Six game win streak. Yeah, he really pulled a uh, 2017 Beagles on this season. You know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving! Yeah. But he's also gone back to a lot of the bears that he gave up on midseason. And that seemed to be what he was, he was, uh, that was helping him by dropping these bears. And now he's going full bear. Well, I think he needs to change his team name from brandon the sad bears fan to brandon the happy bears fan because they really trounced dallas last night and his two bears put up about 50 points combined with uh, trubisky and Allen robinson and montgomery yeah all three so it was but that's the problem i mean 55 points you started a bears quarterback running back and wide receiver right so when the wide receiver and quarterback go off the running back doesn't do so much and montgomery didn't do much and he fumbled last night yeah, but I mean, 56 points for your three players, I don't really think there's much to complain about. I don't really think Taylor's set on starting these three guys every week. I think it was really just based on the matchup. Daniel Jones is injured, and, you know, Fitzmagic has been a little bit fluky. You know, you can agree or disagree with whether he should have dropped Fitzpatrick, but I think he's trying to make do with what he's got, and it's working out at least this week so far. Yeah, but it's a great great start for him this week but yeah Freeman and Mixon very very inconsistent this year yeah that that could be his downfall we'll have to see if he if they fail him but it'll be a close match and also Kyle Allen is a QB too I don't know about that I think he would have been better off with Fitzpatrick this week especially with the upcoming schedule for the Dolphins but as we mentioned there is a Derek Carr available so and at number five we have NLS, and again, it's all very tight, but um, 
you know, NLS just dealing with some quarterback issues, and so we have to put them a little bit further down in the ranks. Yeah, Philip Rivers, he's regressed. He's kind of, you think he's in the end stage of his career? I don't know. I It's interesting because I've never really thought that it's been Rivers' fault that they lose games. Um, but he has been extremely turnover prone. This year specifically, yeah. it's It's been an interesting story this year. He's... Definitely, he's had a lot of interceptions. He had four against the Chiefs three weeks ago. But, yeah, I think he's got about um, about 18, seven, over 15 interceptions this year. Yeah, and, and eight in the past three games. Yeah, so they've already been talking about possibly going to Tyrod Taylor if they're eliminated. Um, there's going to be, and he's going to be a free agent next year, so... There's going to be a lot of quarterback free agents next year, so it could be very uh, interesting this offseason. But for NLS, he really has to deal with him or Dalton against the Browns, and he's got Eli Manning in. So, yeah, it's not a great situation, but he's going to keep riding his big three running backs, McCaffrey, Elliott, and Eckler the whole season. Yeah, and his wide receivers have been pretty good. Devontae Parker had a 27-point game last week uh, I don't know if he can sustain that every week but uh, the matchups certainly are in his favor yeah he's definitely the go-to guy for Fitzpatrick on the Dolphins offense Julian Edelman has a very high floor he's been pretty consistent uh, Jacob Hollister is tight end he's been pretty touchdown dependent so I don't really know if I like that play too much um, so overall it's a good roster but there are definitely some some issues should he go back to Gardner Minshew uh, well, he doesn't even have Minshew on his roster. Is he on free agency? Yeah, he certainly is available. Uh, I think it depends. I mean, they're playing the Chargers this week, so I don't know if I like that matchup. Um, I'm not really sure. I think he's probably doing the best, playing the best hand he can right now with Rivers and Manning. You know, do you play it safe with, say, Eli or, or Rivers or, or look for a quarterback who has 20, 20 point plus upside? And for who are you referring to? Minshew or even Derek Carr? I don't know if... I don't like Carr's matchup against the Titans this week. I think they're a pretty good defense. Um, and and I, don't, I also don't think Minshew's matchup against the Chargers is very good. I think Eli Manning is a lock. I think you have to play him against the Eagles. The Eagles have been struggling, specifically, specifically their secondary. And Eli Manning's going to be fresh. He's been, you know being on the bench all year, so I think he's going to be ready to go. Um, and Rivers, you know, the Jags don't really scare me too much. He's kind of playing for his job at this point, so I expect Rivers to have a, a decent outing. Maybe not spectacular, but it's hard to tell. And then in Dolan at the Browns, that that's an intriguing matchup. You know, the Browns are the 22nd-ranked team against quarterbacks, uh, Dolan has been actually kind of competent. They got their first win last week of the year. And, you know, over the past, you know, the last four games that he's played, he's been averaging about 15 points. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. You could definitely consider them a, uh, Dalton against the Browns, and I would say definitely not against New England, but we'll see how what NLS does. And who do we have at number four? Well, at number four, we have the Blizzard because they're always in the playoffs. And 
They had uh, two good wins past few weeks, so it just kind of slingshot them into a good matchup where they they can really duke this thing out and move on to the next round. Yeah, I think the Blizzard, they've been relatively consistent this season. Um, you know, they're in a good spot, very good position to, you know, take this thing all the way. They have the last two years, but you're, you know, this is the first time they've had a, uh, they haven't had a bye, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, he definitely was uh, playing it a little bit lax um, on his Iceland trip, so as far as the team goes, Todd Gurley, I, I think Todd Gurley might be the weakest link, and that's scary to say that. Yeah, I would say he's wide receiver three in addition. Um, Sterling Shepard, I mean, I think he's a good play this week, but T.Y. is out, and D.D. Westbrook is questionable, and I don't really know if you like Larry Fitzgerald against the Steelers. So, yeah, that's definitely a question mark, but Michael Thomas and Godwin, I mean, come on. That's the first and second ranked receivers right now. They're averaging They're too good. 14 points a game. It's pretty formidable. And you got Derrick Henry, who... Definitely a, a nice, I think maybe fourth round or fifth round pick for him. He's averaging like 17 points a week. He's a number three running yeah, back, fourth, too. Yeah, fourth round. Yeah, fourth rounder. So that's a, that's a definite bargain. And he's got his uh, his two top ten quarterbacks in Prescott and Winston. So this is a very strong roster. I would say maybe just wide receiver three and the flex spot have been pretty iffy. Yeah, certainly. So at number three, that leaves us with the Sharks who have been red hot past four weeks. Yeah, the Sharks have uh, rode their two Ravens all the way to the playoffs. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram. I was very wrong about Lamar Jackson this year. He's been an absolute stud, averaging 27 points a week, which is very Mahomes-esque from 2018. And, uh, you know, Ingram's been very serviceable, averaging 14 points a week. Real, the real issue here on this roster is the receivers. Odell... Hopkins and uh, Diggs. And that's the exact opposite of what we said in August, thinking that that would be the strongest point of the team. Yeah, and it's actually, you know, as we're doing this podcast, they just came out and said that uh, Odell is not going to be hampered for this matchup. He is going to play. So that definitely serves the Sharks well going into his matchup against the Bengals. Yep, and um, Leonard Fournette, you know, he's been a bruiser before. But I, I never thought he's been efficient. But this year, I guess he's proved me wrong as well. He has been very good as a fantasy running back, uh, drafted in the third round. And we'll see if he does the same against the Chargers in Oakland moving forward. Yeah, he's been much more efficient this year. I think this year has been his most efficient year. Um, he has been a little bit fluky as of late, putting up three, uh, three outings less than 10 points in the last four weeks with you know just the 28 burger against the titans being the exception but you know good playoff schedule for john the chargers the raiders and the falcons yeah and so tight end really is his only concern with uh greg olson dealing with a concussion and either jack doyle or maybe he goes back to njoku and he's gone and picked up his dolphins loyal he's got his fitzpatrick and his patrick laird on the bench yeah lard so overall could be in and with Ryan Tannehill what a pickup at QB2 averaging like 16 points a week since he's been starting it's been very consistent QB2 numbers 
Yeah, you know, I'd like to take credit for that on the podcast, suggesting him do it. Yeah, yeah. I know he was thinking about it, but I guess I was the encouragement he needed. Yep, so very interesting scenario for the Sharks as they play the Blizzard this week. And so now we get to our top two, which is, you know, at two we have the Tigers. Ooh, tell me more. Tell you more. I mean, you've got good quarterback production this year with Rodgers and Murray, both top ten plays. Garoppolo has been a good QB3. Uh, Really the challenge here is just going to be to make sure that Barkley and Geis keep it rolling. Barkley had a good outing last week in their win. And... uh, but Barkley needs to be more efficient with the football. He's been, he's having a lot. He's been getting a lot of like one yard carries and just been very ineffective behind that O line. Yeah, and mar- part of that might be the fact that the Giants are just a train wreck right now. Um, and I guess you can make the comparison to Todd Gurley in his sophomore year. That's kind of what Barkley has been facing. Just stop Barkley, and the Giants will will fail. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think Shermer is probably a goner at the end of the season as their head coach, but who knows? Who knows how Eli, if Eli is going to affect Saquon at all these weeks coming up? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Go back to his 2018 year where Barkley yep. was lighting it up. So, and uh, really, your issues here. I mean, you've got Evans, but after Evans, your receivers become quite uh, quite iffy with Fuller, Metcalf, Cooks, Kirk. A lot of question marks. Crowder, A.J. Brown even. Yeah, a lot of guys who um, good name brand and were thought to have been on the rise for this season. And now I just have to guess, kind of guess who I start at wide receiver two and three. Are they name brand, though? I don't know if they were. Cooks was. I mean, Brandon, yeah, okay, Brandon Cooks was. But I don't know if I'd call Will Fuller, name brand. Come on. I mean, he changes the whole Houston Texans offense. Okay. Yeah. Well. Niners defense has been a very good play this year, second ranked. And uh, Will Lutz, number one kicker. Really? I didn't even know that. Yep, averaging 10 points a game. Thank you, Will Lutz. So, overall, very strong, competitive roster. And, you know, maybe we'll see what happens if Marlon Mack makes a return for the Tigers next week. Yeah, I, I hope... It looks like he's going to play this week, but I hope they take it easy this week and he's a full go next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a similar situation in another league. I'm on bye, and I have Marlon Mack. So I actually have Marlon Mack and Thielen, so I'm hoping that they're both back for next week. Which leaves the other division winner, the kids, who also have a bye at one. Yeah, the kids, quite the, uh, quite the Cinderella story this year for the kids. You know, haven't made the playoffs in the last two years, but... This year was able to put the pieces together with some very solid name brand players with Russell Wilson, Kenny Galladay, um, you know George Kittle, Matt Prater at his kicker, Watson, DJ Shark, um, just very solid across the board. Even almost in spite of Alvin Kamara being the 17th ranked running back. Yeah, that's a bit odd for the third pick. I mean, I guess similar similarly to Barkley's uh, lackluster season but uh, his team has been very good especially picking those two quarterbacks Deshaun Watson has been lights out yeah overall very good roster again really the only concerns here would be Le'Veon Bell if he misses some time and also his wide receiver three spot with 
either Landry or Hollywood Brown or DJ Shark if he misses time. That's kind of up in the air as well. And his defenses aren't that great either. He's been streaming. Yeah, we'll see what he does there. With that, I guess that concludes the power rankings. With the buys and the, the eliminated teams, we're only going to talk about two two matches in the preview. Uh, but I figure we will increase the, the value of these picks instead of one point each to compensate for that. Yeah, we're going to make them two points each? Yep. You think uh, next week we're going to go three and then the, and the bowl will be four? Maybe. Something uh, a March Madness bracket kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I mean, with just the two of us, I don't really know how much it's going to matter when you get down to that length, but could be tight, I guess. Yeah. Might not even need to ratchet up the stakes that much. But but with that, I've taken the lead over the past two weeks. You've been you've been skidding. I'm up 39 to your 38. Yeah, I'm, I'm trusting your word on this because I haven't looked at the scores myself. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see where I, where I slipped up on the picks. Uh, probably picking yourself. Probably picking myself would be a, a good a good uh, hypothesis there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first, I would call this the, the the matchup of the week. Although the other one is just as good, Blizzard versus the Land Sharks. This is a classic, a CFL classic. We've got the the perennial champ, the Blizzard, against the brand new after five years of missing the playoffs, the brand new entrant. In the Latham Land Sharks, this is what the CFL. This is what this is this what it's what the, all about. This is what it's all about exactly. Um, and this matchup is projected within two points. Can you believe that? It's extremely close. Both these matchups are close, and we'll talk about the other one in a bit. But man, oh man, we had a, a very good outing from Dak Prescott last night. Seventeen and a half points, and you know, good matchups really for Seth's squad across the board. Winston against the Colts. Girl against the Seahawks, Derrick Henry against Oakland, Michael Thomas maybe a little bit gonna have a tough time against the Niners. You know, Seth's gonna be relying on his Winston Godwin connection, I think, this week to some extent. Yeah, I look at the matchups and uh, I got to give the edge to the Blizzard here. The Sharks, uh, not the matchups, not nearly as good. Uh, Hopkins against Denver, Ravens against the Bills. Now they might prove me wrong there, but and. Um, and Drake versus his own Steelers. I don't like those. Yeah, I mean, secretly, deep down inside, I kind of hope that my, my Bills proved to stop John's uh, Sharks after this whole year of me betting against Lamar Jackson. I think that would just be some, some karma there. But, uh, that yeah, that'll be a good game to watch, the Bills-Ravens, for sure. Mm-hmm. And based off the mat- matchups, I have to give the edge to the Blizzard on this one. Yeah, I had pick. I'm picking the Sharks, but like, I really don't like it. I'm nervous. It's extremely uh, close. I can't blame you for any any way you go. If Odell was out, I was gonna pick the Blizzard for sure. But the Bengals matchup for him is just too good to pass up. I, I just have a feeling this could be one of those classic Seth games where Derrick Henry just posts like a forty burger and just like lights out, just demolishes his opponent. Yeah, uh, especially in the playoffs, he demolished the Jaguars um, and stiff-armed uh, A.J. Boye and basically ruined every every fantasy league in uh, in America. Last year? Yeah. Yeah, he's done it, he's done it back-to-back years now. I think uh, I think if you're a Jags, you know, secondary player, you have to be, you're a little spooked by him now <laughs> yeah. going forward. Yeah, definitely. 
So he could definitely do that against Oakland. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but, you know, likewise, I think John's players are going to be good enough. Um, the one thing I would question, though, is I don't know if Kenyon Drake is the play. Uh, it is Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's defense is pretty good, but do you roll instead with a guy like Laird? That would be the ultimate wild card. He's the starting running back for the Dolphins. Um, or you go with, like, a Miko Hardman. Um, he could have, I mean, we talked about it earlier. He could have gone with Gallup, but he can't do that anymore. So I wonder if John should think about that, that flex spot a little bit more and maybe that tight end spot too. Given that Gallup is no longer an option, it might just be best to let it roll now. Could roll with Laird. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to pick the Sharks, but I, I don't, I'm very nervous. I don't like it. Yeah. I think the Blizzard are a tough opponent always. You know, Always. It's tough to go into Oswego and get a win. Well, technically, the Land Sharks are the home team. Oh, really? Yeah, number four seed. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, well, who knows if that'll change things up. I'd be curious. We, we should talk about, like, I've always thought that maybe perhaps, like, having some sort of points incentive for, like, the, the seeds, like, between f- th- uh, three and six would always be interesting to consider. Like a, for, like for a point, well... You could definitely I've seen I would say give them the home team the tiebreaker if if that were the case. Oh, a tiebreaker you mean? Well no, I was just saying like actually there's some leagues that'll give the home teams points. like the like the three and four seeds like points for just you know like a because point they advantage. had more points for yeah, yeah. Because they had more points for in the regular season. Yeah. Because um, it does it gives you some incentive to compete for like a higher playoff spot. I would say bare minimum if there was a tie by uh, a tenth of a point that it goes to the home team. Well, I mean, as we saw earlier in the season, we, you can have tiebreakers based on the quarterback yards. So, mm-hmm. you know, as long as it's not within like a one yard, it uh, usually you can usually figure it out. But if it is an actual tie, I think you would defer to the higher seed. And they're projected at just over two sixty-five combined. And you look at the other the other match, just over two seventy. Yeah, so that's very pretty, close. Gonna be both good matches across the board. Um, so you're picking the Blizzard, I'm picking the Sharks. Let's talk about that other matchup, which is the Bears and NLS. Again, another case of, well, I guess in this case they've both been they've both been in the playoffs before. The Bears, they took a break last year. Yeah, these teams are quite season, familiar. But yeah, I mean the Bears and NLS have they've also met each other before in the playoffs in some very uh, high stakes scenarios. Uh, the Bowl, I believe, right? 2015. Yep. Yep, a few years ago they this, so this is there's some bad blood between these two teams <laughs> going way back. Uh-huh, certainly. And um you uh NLS is I think NLS is spooked. Oh, I'd be spooked. <laughs> it's a six-game win streak uh-huh. the Bears are on. And he's uh NLS is notorious for just falling choking. short. Yeah, choking. They've, they've been the master chokers. <laughs> I mean, I guess we have the Tigers too. The Tigers haven't gotten a chip whoa, in. They've whoa, been whoa. in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, really, the Tigers have been in the playoffs every year and haven't gotten a chip. So, so what, are you, what are you saying? I'm saying you have six, lo- you have five losses in the playoffs. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You and NLS both, and the Bears too, except for last year, have all been very consistent in the playoffs. So this is, you know, uh, as opposed to the other matchup, this matchup is some perennial contenders, and again, they're projected very close within a point. So, and, you know, especially after last night, the Bears have 55 points already going into 
Sunday, and NLS has 36 points thanks to some garbage time from the Cowboys that he has. Yeah, and Elliott being one of the focal points of NLS, aside from McCaffrey, they don't have a lot of firepower remaining, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a little precarious. Um, I think Edelman's going to have a good game against the Chiefs. I think Parker, he's the ultimate wild card on the NLS roster. He could he could, really he could push them forward. Or if he's going to be shadowed by, you know, double coverage or things like that, he could be in trouble. Uh, Hollister is really very touchdown dependent, as we said. Um, you know, Eckler and Rivers, that's an, that's an interesting tandem to watch as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rivers, Rivers threw that pass to Eckler uh, last week and really saved Eckler and Rivers' day again, I would say. Yeah, another good matchup. Um, who do you like in this one? I favor NLS in this case. I, you know, but I'm, I wouldn't bet anything on it. <laughs> well, you have to make the pick on it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with the Bears just to be, you know, just so we can have different teams for both of these. Um, you know, six game win streak. The Bears proved themselves last night. Uh, overall, I don't really like. I don't really like a lot of these matchups for like either team. It's it's okay. Um, I think for Brandon to win, he really needs Kyle Allen to like just be competent. And really, the Kyle Allen McCaffrey, you know, one on each team is very interesting. Could have some passing touchdowns. Um, and if but if McCaffrey vultures with rushing, that could be a problem. That's what how it goes, I guess. Hopefully, it's not one yep. of those uh, those uh, one one foot passes and he uh yeah and he uh reverses to the other side yep uh but yeah overall i you know the matchups are okay but i'm gonna roll with the hot hand and say that the bears are gonna pull it off this week and advance to the next round against your team yeah um nls has not been good but i have to i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with nls and the winner i i will see the winner so who would you rather play I really don't know. I think I've been I've been saying I'm scared of the Bears all for like almost two months now. So I, I'd rather play NLS. Wow, <laughs> taking shots at Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce, you, we, you never got on the pod this year. You're gonna have to come on if no, win he, or he lose. Went, he he came on. Oh, that's right. He was on Wild. But that, but that was yeah, when they looked bad. good. That was when they you know that was before these quarterback issues kind of bubbled to the surface. Mm-hmm. So. All right, Br- Bryce is on notice. What do you think about the total scores for e- these two matches? Well, you know, it's within uh, it's within about ten points, right? You got this matchup's about in the one two seventies, and the Blizzard Sharks matchup was in the two sixties, right? Yeah. What do you think about making you, a board bet on that? Yeah, let's do it. So, which one do you think is going to have a higher score? Uh, I, combined, combined from both teams. The combined score, I think I'm going to have to go with Blizzard and Landsharks on this one. Okay. I Just because of last night, I'm going to go with the Bears and the NLS. So in week 14, I think that the Bears and NLS are going to combine for more points than the Blizzard and the Landsharks. In week 14, I say Blizzard and Landsharks will combine for more points than the Bears and NLS. All right. Yep. And just to summarize, I got five wins on the board bet to year two. Irrelevant. So, you know, I've been I've been pretty good with those board bets. 
Yeah, the I'm pretty surprised that our tally of matchup predictions has been so neck and neck throughout. Seems like. Yeah, I would say you probably led most of the way, but then, mm-hmm. but you probably but you've also had I think more uh, five win weeks, but then more two win weeks as well. Right. Yep. Well, only two matchups to predict this week. We got to decide so, uh, what happens. Any stakes? No stakes. No stakes? Wow. Come on. Just bragging rights. That's not fun. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We missed we missed Thanksgiving week, but uh, you know, hopefully we'll make it glad up. Glad to be back. Yeah, glad to be back. And uh, I guess this is the first week where we can say best of luck in the <laughs> CFL playoffs. Yeah, good luck, everyone. And for the four of us, uh, chumps sitting on the bottom, I uh, guess there's always next year, right? Right, uh, Bobby, Austin, and Colin? I don't know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it's very disappointing. One of these years, my team's going to get it together. Okay, I'll see you in 2030. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right. It's fine as it, if it happens someday. I've yet to see a Tigers championship, so, you know. Make a bet who gets there first. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Signing off. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Peace out.